Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello, welcome to the British Canoeing Coaching Podcast. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the England Talent Programme. This is the second of a three-part strength and conditioning series. In our previous podcast episode, we discussed sports sampling, what it is, and how it can be useful for developing athletes. But today, we're going to talk about the purpose of strength and conditioning, addressing some concerns that people might have with strength and conditioning, highlighting the benefits, and then we'll start to look at how SNC can fit within a training programme. So my name is Daniel Thompson. I'm the Talent Operations Coordinator for British Canoeing. And joining myself with discussions on this topic area today is Ben Lewis, our Pathway Strength and Conditioning Coordinator. Hi, Ben. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me back for round two. Yeah, it's great to have you with us again. Um, we had an extremely enjoyable discussion last time we met. And today I'm just keen to talk about the purpose of strength and conditioning and addressing some of the concerns that people might have with, with SNC but more importantly, what, what the benefits of S&C are and, and how that can fit within a, a training programme. So without further ado, as I mentioned, there is sort of a lot of negative perceptions around S&C and that is damaging to adolescent development and people shouldn't do um, S&C until they're fully developed. But what what's your response to that particular question? Yeah, I think it, it is something that gets gets discussed quite a lot within um, within youth athletes and maybe it's first kind of just breaking down is when we're talking about youth um, and adolescence is that sort of that, that child pre-puberty kind of area is what we're looking at um, so it can be anywhere between 9 to 12 or 12 to kind of 16 um, as well and I think one, one of the things always strikes according in my mind is is whether the actual term strength and conditioning um is kind of a misconception of what it is because people hear the word strength and think it's getting under a bar and lifting heavy weight and conditioning is going out for a run mm. and i think if you're if you're new to those terms or you don't fully understand those terms and you just see that on paper that can potentially sort of create this negative connotation about what it what it is that we're trying to do um, and in essence, it's it's not just about you know getting your athletes under under bars and, and lifting and going running. It's it's about preparing them for the demands of their sport um, and filling filling the gaps of physicality um, and technical execution. But one of the things that does get raised quite a lot is that if if um, if a young athlete was to take part in a resistance based tra- training program, um, that is is there kind of a, a negative effect on the growth and development of the, of basically the skeleton like structurally um, and in and around sort of growth plates and whether you're compressing and whether that affects kind of longer term um, growth and development. And, and actually, if you look at a lot of the research, a lot of that school of thought came from sort of the seventies and the eighties where maybe there wasn't as much uh, information out there. If you look at kind of the current research, and, and the paediatric S&C is, is quite a, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's well-versed, but it's definitely been a lot more work in that area over the last 10 years, 15 years. Um, and if you look at the actual research, um, they, they, they haven't shown to be any sort of damage towards growth plates. In fact, um, 
there's actually a lot of benefits that you can get from engaging within a, an SNC program and some of those things we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, later on in, in the conversation but um, but yeah the growth plates is, is one and, and, and I think it's just trying to sort of hammer home that that's not it's not a risk and it's not going to have a, a negative impact on on the athlete's development and actually if you think about um, sort of the forces that, that a young athlete will be experienced to through the sport that they're doing it can actually be a, a much greater level of force through the sport both in kind of exposure so how much they're doing of it and um, and the repetitions of it but also the magnitude of it as well so the the kind of the intensity of that force and um, an example that that used quite a lot is if you think about jumping and landing and if um if an athlete was to to jump and land um depending on the nuances of technique and stuff like that but they can actually expose themselves to, to forces that can be greater than kind of two, i think the research is somewhere between two and 2.6 and um, times body weight right so if, you, so if you think about that there's actually been exposed to quite a lot of force away from you know away from the gym um and actually just taking part in a sport is, is there's, there's a lot of force at, at play um so that kind of leads me into the, the next point of that if you have a poor level of physical preparedness or a, a poor level of physical fitness the risk of of being exposed to the sporting demands um can actually lead to injury if those training demands are quite high so what we're trying to do is prepare them um to be able to tolerate and and you know kind of be able to handle the demands of, of the sport that they're, they're trying to do so they're kind of one of the the big thing that i want to get across is it actually complements the physical development and it doesn't hinder the physical development um, of young athletes one of the other points that i think is is interesting to note is when we talk about kind of structurally how an athlete develops um, one of the big things that i think is quite interesting is actually taking part in some form of resistance training can actually have real positive impacts on bone density so being exposed to whether that's resistance training through um you know if you're lifting uh if you're lifting some kind of weights or doing some kind of jumping activity or throwing activity um by taking part in that you actually increase the level of, of kind of bone mineral density and i think if i remember correctly it peaks at around 26 um so if you don't expose yourself to resistance-based training um, from a young age you can actually miss out on developing some kind of key structural development within the bone which then further down in life can kind of have a, a prerequisite to to kind of bone health conditions such as like osteoarthritis and stuff like that so um just away from the sporting context the sporting context in terms of just overall physical and bone development it's it's key that yeah that people are exposed to that type of activity from from a young age really um, that's, that's really interesting research that that is actually there when i was doing um, some stuff on my on my masters we, we looked at some bone scans and you actually you could see those athletes who did different sports their bones developed slightly differently yeah. and i think particularly with within a sport like canoeing where you might not do as much sort of impact-based work particularly from the lower body you could actually have a negative bone development from the lower limb so therefore the, there's the argument of doing some kind of exposure of lower limb resistance training can actually counteract 
just spending so much time in the boat, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're kind of some some key things to to think about and, and hopefully try and understand. Um, but I do I do think as well the way that the program is structured has to be fit for the individual. So the athletes that we're talking about today, they're young athletes and they're not just miniature adults. So it's not a case of taking, you know, a real high level um, heavy strength program and, 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 and getting a kid to do that because that's not, that's not fit for purpose. It's very much kind of understanding the demographic of the athlete and having a sound progressive plan. And it's not just a case of, you know, strength training isn't just about using weights. Resistance training can be body weight stuff and being able to control their body weight and, and um, spatial awareness and, and stuff like that is is um, is really beneficial. So it is, I think there'd be negative consequences if a program wasn't fit for purpose and was delivered in the wrong sort of way, but delivered in the right way with the right outcomes and the right delivery and the right execution will actually have real positive benefits for for the athlete as they as they kind of develop through through certain stages of, of their athletic um, development really no, thanks ben yeah there's some some really really good points there and um we're going to talk a little bit about how you can use snc um as part of your training program and how you apply that in the provision for a training program in a while discussed a little bit around the negative perceptions of snc and um but kind of almost that last point there alluded of, of war, why SNC is important. Um, but kind of touching on that topic, w- why is it important for paddlers to do SNC training? Are there any long term benefits in establishing that type of SNC based training? Yeah, I think we, we probably touched on, on some of this stuff from the, the previous podcast on sports sampling as well. And it's trying to see it as it doesn't necessarily at this stage need to be paddle sports specific. It can be quite global things that we're looking at. Um, and, you know, some, some of the benefits that you can highlight is obviously increasing kind of muscular endurance or muscular strength, muscular power, um, that kind of injury mitigation piece. You know, we'd like to say we're able to avoid injury, but we can never, you can never guarantee you can just mitigate against. And then also kind of, um, aerobic and, and conditioning qualities but then also I think one of the big one of the big things that uh, you know from a, a, a psychological point of view is just kind of confidence within being in that environment um, and also um, understanding for the athlete what the benefits are for them long term one of the things that I think is is really interesting is that when we're talking about this this type of athlete, the developmental athlete, a lot of the, a lot of the things we're trying to, or the benefits that we'll see will be neurological. So as opposed to structural, so structural being sort of increasing muscle mass, neurological things. So teaching them to be able to use the right muscle at the right time, be able to recruit the right muscle and, or recruit more of the muscle to produce um, or to execute a task um, and being able to coordinate how muscles are working together and um, that's sort of the benefits that we're looking at. So it really is kind of down that that coordination and neurological piece. Um, and then also sort of teaching them how to control their body in different positions um, and learning how to execute certain movements, um, whether that be paddle specific or non-paddle specific um, type stuff is that's where the benefit of SNC 
comes into really it's not just about lifting weights it's it's getting them to coordinate um, and fire um, lots of different patterns of movement and like we said on the sport sampling wise much easier to develop these skills as a young athlete as opposed to as they get older because there's certain windows of opportunity where the body will adapt quite quickly and um, yeah so making sure they're exposed to those things at, at a young age is, is key I think if we talk more about paddle sport, um, it, is a, it is a technical based paddle sport. So one of the prerequisites or something that influences power is going to be strength. So being able to hold good positions and recruit muscles and coordinate muscles is obviously going to be beneficial for the sport. And the stronger a muscle is, the more efficient a muscle can be. So that kind of helps link into the endurance component or being able to hold a good technical efficient position means the body doesn't have to work quite as hard or it doesn't cost the body quite as much to kind of hit the amount of training that's, that is required to to develop in on the water yeah cheers yeah no i think as you said at the beginning and just talk, talking about benefits just globally in the non-paddling paddle sport at sense um your number of different benefits there but as as kind of you mentioned towards the end, those those neurological and um, benefits that you gain with that coordination um, really just then that's when you get more down to really specifically how that can help a paddler on the water. Um, kind of that in, in a way links me to um, one final question about actually incorporating SNC within a paddler's training program and how does doing snc help them to support their own water development i think the key the key word that you use is support and i think it is it's, it's making sure that snc is there to support um uh, the paddlers program it's not there to replace it um so it is making sure that they can a firstly can they are they strong enough and can they tolerate the amount of training that they need to do on the water um because that's where that's where they want to be and that's where success is that's the competition environment so it's making sure they can get in the boat and they can paddle and they can um, do X amount of sessions um, and execute kind of technical and tactical parts of racing. One of the big things that which we've kind of touched on is it enables them to, to hit the technical developments and the technical positions that are required um, for efficient um, stroke execution. And like we've kind of touched on as well that being able to mitigate against injury so when they're on the water the amount of um, exposure that's going through the shoulder and uh, the amount of exposure that's going through kind of the trunk and the lower back and the hips like it's it there's a lot of stress that's, that's been applied to the body and um, so by taking part in a, a structured program that is preparing them to handle that is crucial and enables them to tolerate that amount of training and um, it doesn't necessarily need to be you know in a fancy gym with lots of fancy bits of equipment what we're talking about at this stage is 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 kind of that that body control and body weight exercise and this is at the adolescent stage you know we're referring to here i'll take it yeah yeah so a lot so a lot of it a lot of this can be done through sort of progressive body weight program and when the time is right between and that'll be a conversation between the athlete coach and parents is when more targeted specific resistance training would, would come into play um but like i say a lot of the stuff it, it it can be done at home um you know away from the water it can be 
you know, things like good quality press ups, um, good quality core work, sort of plank, side planks, that sort of stuff. And we'll talk a lot more about the actual what it can look like in the, in the following um, in the following podcast. One thing that I do think is quite interesting is is sometimes there's that question of well, how do we fit it in when we've got so much stuff, you know, that, that we need to fit within a program. Yeah, definitely. Particularly when there's it's not just about the sport. There's um, you know the education side and and being at school um, and then the social side. They're obviously like there's a lot of stuff going on within the week. Um, so one thing that I've, I've spoken about quite a lot with with athletes and coaches as well is is having good structured warm-ups is quite a good way of kind of putting some of these things into their training plan but it's not really taking time away from the plan so if you so for example if you think if you had a good solid 15 minute warm-up um and you were to do that um you know monday to friday if you add up the total time spent it can actually add up to maybe one or two sessions um of good structured what we call sort of strength and conditioning work and um, and that's quite a, an easy way if, if people are constrained by time and that that first thought is well we just don't have the time to do it therefore we won't do it is let's try and think about different ways that we can start to to fit it in so warm-ups is is um definitely something that i would i would look at to kind of um to kind of put that into the program yeah, I think that's a, a good final point to, to finish up on there. You know, how to, you're able to structure SNC into a program. It's not just as people think that's, as you've talked all the way through this podcast, not just solely, you know, picking up weights. There's much more to it than than just that. Um, so, yeah, there, for, thank you for, for those points there. Um, it's been really, really great chatting to you um, and discussing, you know, some of those negative perceptions about snc but but then obviously building on the positive elements that snc can bring um and and how that they people can use that um within to establish a, an snc training program um so thanks thanks ben for being involved in today's podcast episode and we, we look forward to continuing with that um our conversation on snc in, in our final podcast episode and um, which will be recorded in the new year so yeah it's been great to um, chat with you today uh, on that ben thanks yeah no th th thanks for having me i think um like i said we, i think the the next podcast will kind of be uh putting all the pieces that we've kind of discussed and putting it together in terms of how can you how can you take those concepts and use them um within sort of the training weeks so i think that's that will hopefully bring everything together and tie everything tie everything up i think so yeah no looking forward to that one definitely yeah definitely looking forward to those, those discussions there so this podcast is available on the british canoeing awarding body page and also on our talent parent program web page on the podcast section of the british canoeing website it's also available to listen to on spotify podbean or apple podcast channels just follow our podcast name british canoeing coaching thank you for listening Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.